Hello, everyone, and welcome to the WASD podcast. I'm your host, Wyatt Rucker, and let's talk games. First thing I would like to talk about today is a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, in last week's episode, I said that Destiny 2 failed to fix its mistakes uh, that it had on launch and uh, at the launch of Destiny 1, and that was a big disappointment. I would like to apologize because that is incorrect. After Bungie split with Activision, the game and the community have really been something to see and experience. So um, I want to fully admit that I was wrong and the game is, is good now. So good on Bungie and good on Destiny. And let's get into the episode. In other news today. CD Projekt Red released update 1.07 for Cyberpunk, and it's said to help optimize the game on last-gen consoles. It released today, January 22nd, and uh, I don't know. I don't know. CD Projekt Red has been pretty much radio silent on Twitter since December because of the backlash and controversy they've been receiving, but hopefully after this update they can start to feel a little bit... Uh, more of a boom for the game so maybe we can get some verbal feedback from the workers and the game and see how see what what the future is you know a little bit of a i know they released a roadmap but um a little bit better for a roadmap instead of just updates you know let's see some content not not just updates if you really want to support your game give us some content you know but again uh like how seems to be the case with cyberpunk 2077 we're gonna have to wait and see if it gets better um because I I would put it past CD Projekt Red to to mess this this up again. So we're gonna have to wait and see. And if you if you're asking me when you should buy the game, I would tell you two things. One, buy it for next gen uh, or PC. Do not waste your money on the game now on last gen to see if it runs better after updates because we both know already it's unplayable wait and buy it on a pc or next gen you know don't waste your money but i mean we will see two i would say wait until we have conclusive evidence that shows the game runs better and plays better we either need to see youtube videos of it cd project red saying something about it or actual gameplay footage of the game and first-hand accounts of the game being able to play because right now we have none of that, and it's pretty much a dead community at this point with everything that's going on. So we're going to have to wait and see. I would say give it a year. If you can't wait a year, give it six months. Give it until May and see if it gets better from then. But if it doesn't, I don't think Cyberpunk 2077 is a game that you need to play. <laughs> that also is a nice little segue into our next segment, and it is Don't Waste Your Money. Okay, on today's game to not waste your money on, it is Cyberpunk 2077. Who saw that coming? Anyone? I bet you guys didn't see that coming. Just kidding. Of course you did. Now, I know that everyone loves some good Cyberpunk 2077 talk, but I'm ready to move on. So let's just buckle in and we passed it. 
Next up, a little bit of cinema news. A new Mortal Kombat movie has been teased. The director is going to be Simon McQuid. He directed first John Wick movie and the third John Wick movie. And he also has some history with the Mortal Kombat series. So I'm, I'm pretty hopeful for this movie, actually. The movie comes out sometime later this year. And some things I would like to see in it personally. I want to see a little bit of backstory for Scorpion. A little backstory for Sub-Zero separately. And then I want to see some backstory for their feud together. I want to see Goro in it. I want to see Kodo Khan in it. And uh, so I want to see some Reptile. Of course, I feel like Devora is going to make a little bit of an appearance, but I really hope not because I hate her character. And again, I really hope we see some Scorpion and Sub-Zero fighting. I, want, I, want, I hope the action in the movie is good. Uh, I, it has to be gory because it's Mortal Kombat. <laughs> but uh, I, I would love to see some, some actual story that makes sense and is good. Because the, the recent Mortal Kombat 10, Mortal Kombat 11, those two games, the story was actually something to play. It was like a, it was like a movie, and uh, it had you know choices here and there, but it was a very, very kind of cohesive and good story. So I would like to see that transferred to the movie. Of course, I'm not doubting the writers on the movie. I'm sure there's going to be a story, but what I am saying is that I hope that it's cohesive and good. Because I, I don't want another disappointment with, with Mortal Kombat movies, you know? Again, the new Mortal Kombat movie releases sometime later this year of 2021. We do not know the date. But when it happens, you can hear it here first on the WASD podcast. Next up, we have Overwatch 2 map tease from Blizzard. Uh, the map was called Kanasaka, and it looked uh like a japanese game cafe it's what it looked like it kind of remind me of um some overwatch one maps but i couldn't really tell you which ones because it looks honestly like a handful of them just shoved in together and it's interesting to see it definitely looks optimized it looks better we haven't seen any like actual layout of the map all we've seen is just a picture so far so we can't really decide yet of what it will be but what i'm saying is this i am excited hopeful and I hope that loot boxes stay out of the game. If it wasn't for Overwatch, the whole loot box craze wouldn't have been a thing. And we wouldn't have had EA trying to capitalize on it. Because I'm afraid that if another successful release of an Overwatch game with loot boxes in it, EA is going to see that and be like, oh, boom, they have loot boxes. Time to add them back to our game. I guess this whole thing's blown over. <laughs> because Overwatch came out, then Star Wars Battlefront 2 came out, and we saw how that ended. So I'm hoping... That it's different. And I, I'm excited because um, they've been teasing a little bit of story. I remember whenever uh, Overwatch 1 came out, the they had the shorts, the interactive uh, like animations they released on YouTube. And you could watch them and everything. That was I thought that was really fun, actually. The cutscenes were always pretty. Um, but I, I hope the story is a little bit more tied into the game. I mean, of course, in Overwatch 1, you had the character quips whenever they would say something and be like, oh, here this links us together you know our past goes together and we we've shared a history but i, I want to actually want to see not not necessarily a campaign because I don't, I don't know if bungie would be down to do a campaign for overwatch but i'm sure people wouldn't mind a campaign but i'm saying like a little bit maybe some cutscenes thrown in here and there like kind of how call of duty does it when you unlock a new character oh you get a little cutscene of them like presenting them stuff or maybe like rainbow six uh yeah rainbow, let's use rainbow six instead uh, you buy a character, right, in that game, and then you see the little character uh, cutscene they have for, like, 
you know, pulse or smoke or something and they'll show the character and what they do and everything. Maybe we get a little backstory like that instead of like showing what they do. We could show them what they do, but also a little history and combine the two. I think that'd be a nice little optimized best of both worlds thing for the people that want a little story and the people that just want to play the game. I really, I really see no harm in that. So maybe instead of unlocking them, they just have them all out and you could choose to watch them. So it doesn't get in the way of, you know, competitive players or people who just want to there for the multiplayer. So if you really want to be able to watch a little bit of backstory, you can, but it's out of the way. So you don't have to, it's not forced on your throat to watch it, you know, but I am excited for it and I hope that it's good. Overwatch one was good. Uh, Blizzard has not shown me any signs of doubt that it's not going to be good. And I fully trust Blizzard. So I'm hopeful. I'm excited. And of course, like I say often, we have to be skeptical, but we can be excited at the same time. As of recording this episode, Hitman 3 has just been released. It received a 9 from IGN. The game looks really good. The They optimized the graphics from Hitman 2, obviously, because it's a brand new game. But I think they, they, they are using the same engine. And it's nice to see that they can have a little bit of diversity in the graphics section. But also, they're, they're very ambitious with the map design because it's still the levels. You know, you beat the level and it's kind of episodic still. But with that, the game looks incredible. There, there's, you know, actual weight to your character still. I mean, of course, there was before, but it, it feels more like it feels more like a fun game to me, I guess. Uh, they added VR support too. So now if you've ever wondered what it was like to be Agent 47 in VR, you know, strangling a person, you know, right there, <laughs> shooting someone, I don't know, you know, third person, you're drawn back from it. And even in first person, it's not on your face, but you, you have a little bit of detached syndrome where you don't have to worry about it so much. And you're like, oh, this is cool. Yeah. I just show this guy's head in a toilet and flush it. Oh, this is awesome. But, you know, doing it up close and personal, I wonder if that's going to, if people are going to change their minds on that, maybe get a little bit of a different outlook on that. I don't know. We'll see. But along with Hitman News with IO Interactive, they have been a busy, busy company. I tell you that because not only have they been supporting their Hitman franchise, releasing you know episodic episodes for the game, and also updates, seasonal updates, and of course, bug fixes and patches and stuff, but they also just shown off a little teaser uh, because they have a new license, and it's James Bond. Now, if you wanted any company in the world to make a James Bond game, what would you say? Personally, I think IO Interactive would be the perfect company to do it. You know, Hitman is basically like a James Bond with a little less government involved. So to see James Bond with the IO Interactive movement, systems of weapons engine maybe maybe they'll even make a new engine for it i i'm i am very excited <laughs> to see where this would be at i i think some voice acting is going to be amazing i wonder who they would voice act for if if you had to create a james bond game who would you get to be the james bond all right no past james bond either that's another rule no past james bond uh i think adris elba would be a very good james bond voice but i wonder since he's a celebrity what he would think about doing a game of course but I am excited for James Bond, and I hope that we see a trailer by the end of this year or starting early next year. Of course, I don't think this game's going to come out anytime soon. I think maybe 2023, 2024, the end of 2022 at the earliest, but 
I really want them to take their time on this game and get it right and make it very good because I think a really good James Bond game would be something really nice to see. Kind of a breath of fresh air. If it is a first-person shooter, I feel like it has to be at this point, but a, a, a first-person shooter would be really nice, breath of fresh air to have it with story, a lot of character behind it, which would be nice to see. And I'm very, very excited to see what they would say about that. Next up on the list, I have a little backlog of game reviews that I would like to do because since this podcast is new and I have not had it very long, I would like to review some of the recent games that came out. And, and on this this episode, I am just going to focus on The Last of Us Part Two. All right. And I have a lot to say. So buckle in. So The Last of Us Part Two released uh, quarter one, early quarter two of 2020 with mixed reviews but overall you know great reviews from you know review uh, reviewers and game journalists but from players it was all over the place which i don't necessarily agree on personally because as a diehard last of us fan this game was uh pretty much perfect but i'm not sure where the criticisms are coming from other than people who are sort of uh, uh not real fans if I had to give the game a rating, I would rank it probably about a 9.5, 9.7, even to a 10 in some instances of the game, but not the whole game I don't think is a 10. Uh, but I think the story is fantastic. The graphics are something that we've never seen before on last gen, right? And the story is just something that you could really you feel emotion for. You feel like there's weight. You feel like you are this character playing. I think that's that was one of the main things that Naughty Dog really tried to do. And I'm very, very happy that they got they, they did it. And they did it right. And it was good to, to play and to watch. But some of the criticisms, I think, of the game, without touching uh, too far into the political arena, I would say that a lot of it is because Ellie was gay in the game with her love interest in last of us part two she had the love interest and they had a kid and a family together but uh, i don't think that criticism is valid at all if you've played last of us part one or the first last of us however you want to say it ellie was gay in there they there were gay characters in the last of us why is it a big deal now when the main protagonist uh, is still gay. Did you want her to mature and be like, oh, she's not gay anymore? Do you realize there was a DLC in Last of Us where she literally kissed a woman? Did that not give you a hint that maybe she wasn't straight? I just think that because people are so like, oh, no, she can't be gay, blah, blah, blah. Joel, I want Joel. They don't want to see her story continue. They just want to see Joel and her story continue, which I understand and I respect that. But I also think this game touches on not only, you know, being gay in, in the game, which is, I think, added very tastefully and respectfully, but it also adds the family aspect of the game with not only showing Joel and Ellie's bond mature as they went through the years after Last of Us Part 1, but it also shows the relationship between friends of Ellie's and how they move and interact with the world. And yet... I still think the problem with 
why people think that isn't okay is because it's not Joel. They just wanted more Joel, right? After The Last of Us 1, we saw where this story was going. We knew uh, how the world of Last of Us works. We, we've played it. We know how it works. How it ended so, like, dark in Last of Us 1. There was little hope. And now Last of Us Part 2, it comes out. And I'm like, oh, okay. You know, this is nice. But what you don't realize is this story is a direct continuation. Like, you see how they've grown. Ellie was 13 years old in the first one. She's she's 19, what, 1920 in this one? And, and she's matured. She's gone through puberty. She she knows her life. She knows who she is as a person. But people still want her to be this 13-year-old kid that Joel has to protect when she isn't. She can kick butt, and she does a lot in Last of Us Part Two. I just don't think the, the criticisms are very valid. Another thing I want to touch about on Last of Us Part Two is uh, certain combat sections. They add stealth into the game uh, in a very interesting way. Not a lot has changed from the first one, but there's more of um, a sense that you have to be hidden in every encounter. Like, you can't go in guns blazing, which, I mean, of course, would make sense, you know, explaining the dark aspect of the game. But also, it, it would be nice to be able to have that sort of feel-free-to-do-what-you-want option of course you can, but there's also some weight behind your decision there. Like, oh, you want to do this? It'll alert like other things. Like if you make a movement, not even with zombies. Of course, with zombies it makes sense, but with regular characters, if you kill these guys, you know, down the like down the road, and you kill these guys really loudly, and you walk down the road, these guys are automatically going to be aggroed towards you until you hide and be hidden forever, and uh, until they not be hidden forever, but until they lose interest in looking for you, and they'll just go back to doing their little you know, routes of how they walk and stuff because of the AI. But they, they will be alerted at first, which I didn't really necessarily like. Of course, that makes sense, but a video game is a video game. This isn't real life. So having that little bit of uh, immersion taken out of it, I don't think would have hurt the game. Like, oh, okay, I just got through that. That was really hard. You know, there was a little boss with a big gun. It was hard to kill him. But now moving on, you're like, oh, okay, this is a little better. I like this. Okay, now I can rethink my approach, but no, it's all there. Like, boom, oh, you went in loud. You have to either stay loud or hide until you can go quiet, which makes sense, but it's also kind of frustrating. Next thing on the agenda for The Last of Us Part Two is uh, the riding of the horse. It's very fun. <laughs> it's nice. It, I don't think it's as solid as what Red Dead was, but it was still a good, solid experience with... Uh, you know, going over different terrains, sort of rocky territory, the, the horse will figure out how to fix that. Or like one leg will be propped forward or something. It makes sense. But one thing I didn't like is going into the main city. You have to do these gates before you can go in. And it's just repetitive. Find this, do this, find this, do this. And it really, I think, drags and bogs down the story. I think it's more of a loading screen thing where you're trying to uh, get the they're trying to load in the city, but I really don't know that for sure. I feel like that might be the case, but the way that it just repeats, repeats like the same thing like three times, I think, over and over again until you get into the actual city. I think it's that. I think that really is what it is, and it's frustrating. Combat there is weak. There's like maybe two guys you have to kill, if that, and it's not really worth it. There's no stakes added to it. You die. You just restart. You know, you don't lose anything. It's just kind of boring. The beginning of the game started out strong. But when you get to this part in the game, it's really boring until you get into the main city. So that was The Last of Us Part 2. I think it's a great game. Highly recommend it.
if I was you. And yeah, I'm going to give it a 9-7 overall. Uh, it would be a 10 if the game didn't drag down in certain places. But 9-7, Last of Us Part 2. Pick it up. Good news for Resident Evil fans. Capcom has released the Resident 8 Village demo. Uh, the game looks similar to Resident Evil 7, but optimized to the max. Uh, it's still first person from Resident Evil 7, so I know you old Resident Evil fans hoping for a return to form are a little disappointed in that, but I'm still pretty sure you're going to enjoy this game. Resident Evil 7 felt like a Resident Evil game, and it was fun and chaotic and stressful, just how a Resident Evil game should be. And I don't think this game's going to be any different. Uh, there's not much you can do. You just kind of look around. You find a ring, put it in the eye of this woman to open this door, to get a key, to go back out. You get attacked. You open a door, open another door, and then you're free, and then you get attacked again. But it ends. Uh, it's more of a visual uh, experience demo instead of a gameplay demo, but I still think it's worth doing something with there's no weapons in it so we don't know how the weapons are going to play out or it, you know but the bolt cutters in it look modern so i'm curious if it's going to be a modern twist on maybe a secluded village but they take modern items and use them in the village i'm not sure how it's going to work out at all but looks good plays good the sound design in the game is a little wonky with the footsteps i think they're really loud for you when you're walking which is not how audio in a game should work, but with uh, Resident Evil 8 Village, that is how it is. So I hope they see that and they fix that, but we will see. Next up is gore in the game. It's pretty gory. So if you don't like that kind of thing, I don't know if Resident Evil 8 will be a, the game for you, but you know you don't really see anything that you didn't see in Resident Evil 7. There's a, there's a little bit more graphic content, I think, in Resident Evil 7 than Resident Evil 8. But again, this is just the Village demo. So we're going to have to see on that. But I think it's going to... It's definitely going to get increased to a, to a level that rivals Resident Evil 7 or surpasses it. So if you have a weak stomach or gore in video games isn't your thing, maybe try to steer clear of this one. Or maybe they'll have a setting for you. Uh, maybe no gore or something like that. But we'll see. Well. That will do it for this week's episode of the WASD Podcast. I've been your host, Wyatt Rucker. Thank you for listening. Please leave a review and go follow the new Instagram at the WASD Podcast so you never miss a new episode of the podcast when it's up. Thank you again for listening. Stay warm. Stay healthy. God bless. And until next time, I'll see you guys around. Always do it on my own, so I gotta get through it And the only thing I know is to love what I'm doing Never give up, never slow, till I finally prove it Never listen to the no's, I just wanna keep moving Keep my head up when I act, head up, that's a fact 
Never looking back, I'ma keep myself on track, keep my head up, staying strong, always moving on. Feel I don't belong, tell my thoughts to move along, push myself to be the best, die with no regrets, live with every breath. See my message start to spread, and I had so many dreams. Then you hit your teens, life ain't really what it seems. Try to find out what it means. Always do it on my own, so I gotta get through it. And the only thing I know is to love what I'm doing. Never give up, never slow. Till I finally prove it